Welcome back to the podcast. This is Casey. I'm Jill. And we are two Gen Xers and a microphone. Jill, we have a doozy of a question tonight. Oh, I love it. Yes. So let's just jump right in and get to it. It is from a a listener that we have not had a question from before. So this is also exciting. And the question is, Dear Doula, I'm having recurring issues with the same people. And now I just feel like they are intentionally doing things despite me. Why can't they do what I want them to do? Oh, there's a lot of words in there that I immediately latched on to. What are they? Recurring. Recurring, okay. The same. Yep. And the, why can't they do what I, <laughs> me, me, me. Um, so, and it, the tone comes across as a victim. You know, she's the victim of these people that they're out to get her. <laughs> right. I think about when I read this question when we got it, well, maybe you <laughs> can't get them to do what you want them to do because, one, they don't want to, but also they don't have the capacity to do it. Yeah, they may just not understand, mm-hmm. and it's not in their processing unit. They cannot figure out the steps to do that. So it may not even have anything to do with her. It is about the person. So it's not out of spite, and they may be having, yes, it might be the same people and recurring, right, because you're not getting to the root of what is wrong or what is at issue and so if you're, you are having the same problems, it might feel like, wow, are you defiant or are you doing this out of spite? Do you just, do you like me so little that you just keep having issues with me instead of saying, wow, maybe I should check to see, one, am I contributing to this? But then two, am I asking too much? Am I asking too much of someone to do something that they simply are not capable of doing. And that's where I think you put your shoes on, you know, the other foot where you're like, okay, what what are they experiencing? Number one, they, they're not understanding. So do we have procedures? Mm-hmm. Um, are those procedures available? Are they documented? Are they not? And also learning about the people. We each learn in different ways Mm -hmm. and so I might be more visual someone else might you know want something more auditory so it's really getting to know your people right and what is the best way to feed information to them so that they can grasp it and then turn it around right in a quality manner yeah I think too Jill Maybe someone just doesn't want to do what you're asking them to do. So I think think there's a capacity issue, but it may also be a desire issue, right? And again, if we're just wanting people to be like us, we're wanting them to do what we want them to do, we want them to do it like us, right? There's that too. And we're not setting clear expectations or we're not asking questions. We aren't looking at people for what contribution they might make to a situation, 
then I think we're really selling not only them short, but we're selling ourselves short for how we can better interact with them and really read the situation, have a great level of understanding and awareness, and then figure things out together. I think that all goes by the wayside when we're not pausing and trying to seek to understand. And that's a really good point, Casey, because fit is critical. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to fit around, you know, peg in a square box, it's not ideal and mm -hmm. it's not the right fit. You might force it in there. Sure. But it's not going to be comfortable mm -hmm. and it's not going to be easy. Right. And so many times we do want people to conform to what we understand because it makes our lives easier. Right. But it's, the variety is all across the board. Right. Our differences are our advantages. And I don't think that we see that in each other. We see the differences as difficulty instead of, again, advantages. And I think if we could change that perspective, we would see how fascinating people are and how phenomenal they can be when we are all together simply because we are different. Yes, and it takes an investment in time to understand the individual. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we don't want to invest in people. Not at all. And that is where you're going to get your best results. Right. Because you're going to understand their talents and what drives them. And then you're going to fit them into the right demand. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be able to flourish and feel good. Mm -hmm. And it's not like you fit everybody in the same position. Right. There's jobs that I'm like, no, that is not, I am not a salesperson. <laughs> That's right. Do yes. not put me in front of that <laughs> selling. I'm not. Right. Um, you know, but other people, I'm like, oh, they are natural. Mm -hmm. They are natural for that. Right. You know, so I think having those conversations where you really get to know the person what do you want to do? How do you work? Mm -hmm. How do how can I best help knock down barriers for you? What do you need from from me to, you know, help make our relationship flow? Right. I think keeping in mind that we are only responsible for our individual selves. So Jill, you are responsible for you. I am responsible for me and only if I'm coming and seeking your help or I'm giving you permission, right, to take responsibility for me, do I need for you to take on, to make assumptions, to fill in the gaps for me, to make excuses for me? Otherwise, don't. Don't try to control me. Don't try to control a situation that I'm in. Just own your responsibility for you and let me own my responsibility for me. And I think that also is very hard for people. The control element, the wanting to be responsible for everything, or even wanting people to be more like us. And so they think, oh, well, I'll just do this or I'll do that when they're taking responsibility away from someone else. No, just be responsible for you. Let the other person be responsible for him or herself and clearly, clearly, clearly communicate what are those expectations? What are the desired outcomes? What are you working toward? 
and try to then, you know, like if you're trying to get to something, hopefully those steps will help. Yeah, you hit on a key word, communication. Mm, yeah. That is critical for any relationship. And so when you are making assumptions and this person, you know, said, I think, you know, basically saying, you know, they're kind of out to get me, this recurring thing. It's like, have the conversation. Don't let it get to that point. Mm -hmm. If something feels off, then hit it right then. Right. You know, don't wait and stew about it. And then your mind goes in a thousand different directions. It's like, just hit the nail on the head right now. Say, hey, can we have a conversation? This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm sensing. You know, give me, give me your thoughts. Right. I need to understand, you know, what you're feeling. Yeah, I think communication is critical. I think that it will set the stage for future success. I think it also can eliminate excuses. So how many times, Jill, have we been sitting next to someone where they are just setting that stage for failure, right? They're just feeding in excuse after excuse so that should something go wrong, they've already set the stage for failure with these excuses. And I think that when we communicate very clearly, again, what are those expectations? What, how do we want to interact with each other? How do we want to show up? How, how can people best expect us? Then I think that, again, we can mitigate a lot of that. We can remove assumptions. But I think we also can just kind of call out the baloney and just be like, yeah, I'm not going to accept that. What I may do is ask you, are you capable? Do you have the capacity to do what we're charged with doing? Instead of just accepting excuses, I might just be blunt. You know me. I'm going to be blunt, right, Jill? Right. <laughs> Say it how it is. That's it. But I, I'm, I think, to that communication, again, critical, and I think that it can eliminate a lot. It can eliminate the excuses. It can eliminate the assumption, and it really can be the tool that we use to set better expectations. Yeah, and in the end, you're going to have opportunity and you're going to have growth and you're going to have responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that's where it, it is, you know, always keep an eye on you. You know, what am I doing? And how am I feeding into a situation, my contributions, my lack of contributions, you know, it's so easy to point the finger at someone else, but taking the time to examine yourself is much more valuable. Absolutely. It's going to grow not only your self-awareness, but when you start showing up more authentically and as you are, hopefully that's the encouragement that someone next to you needs to show up just as authentically. And that is just going to continue to raise the level of awareness for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. In the end, you're going to have a good working environment. Absolutely. Well, Jill, until everyone has hope, here's your weekly dose. Bye-bye. If your life didn't turn out how you thought it would, you are in the right place. If you're confident that life turned out exactly as it was supposed to, 
Then tell us what you'd like to discuss and why. You can reach us at two Gen Xers and a mic. That is the number two, G-E-N-X-E-R-S-A-N-D-A-M-I-C at gmail.com.